the podcast coach for June 23rd, 2018. Let's get ready to podcast. There it is, that fun-filled music. That means it's Saturday. It's 10.30 Eastern Standard Time. It's time for Ask the Podcast Coach. I'm your host, Dave Jackson, from theschoolofpodcasting.com. Joining me right over there, all the way from Omaha, Nebraska, the one, the only, don't be fooled by cheap imitations, Jim Cullison from TheAverageGuy.tv. How's it going, Jim? Greetings, Dave. Happy Saturday morning to you, home of the College World Series, which is in full swing here in Omaha, Nebraska, if you're a college baseball fan. Everyone, all, they're all here this this weekend. A million or so depend. Uh, depend? No, they don't depend. They descend is what they do upon Omaha. And uh, so there's tons of the, the, this is championship weekend. So it's kind of crazy here. It's a good good time to be in Omaha. Is there a lot of like, partying going on oh yeah I would, oh yeah because i would yeah, especially yeah. if somebody wins everybody's out like right. yay yeah so like I, yesterday i think oregon state uh came from a you know it's a double elimination tournament so they had they had lost one early and i think they came back and got into the championship two brackets you know basically mm-hmm. uh, round robin so last night that the win was last night and i have a friend at the hotel where they are the team is staying and they said it it just didn't, it didn't stop. They were just partying all night. So it's a good, uh, it's a good time here in Omaha. Carrie Porter Bond, Bond, Carrie Bond is in the chat room. She says, it's a noob, noob tech question. I have, I have microphones, but they have uh, a built-in headphone jack. So for anybody watching the video, she's talking about this on the back of the ATR 2100. And she says, um, uh, do I, what do I do with this? Do I plug my headphones into the mixer? and have the guest just plug his or her own into their microphone. So I'm assuming in that case that you would have two ATR2100s were doing this side by side. Uh, that's option A. B, both of us just use the built-in headphone jacks on our respective mics. No. Or C, use neither built-in and do something else to get two headphones connected to the mixer. And that would be... It, as always with podcasting, the answer is it depends. Uh, number one, the headphone jack on the ATR2100 only works when you're plugging it in via USB. So if you do that and plugging to, I just had, I saw another one in Facebook. When you plug two ATR2100 into one PC, now she's on a Mac. So you could use something like Audio Hijack Pro, probably make that work or Loopback is another one. Uh, on a PC, there's a thing called voice meter. It's like M-E-E-E-E-T-E-R for whatever reason. Um, and all those make it possible. I would say none of them make it easy. When you're having two uh, USB microphones into one computer, it gets a little icky. I would recommend if if the people are there with you in person, getting a mixer and plug both microphones in via XLR into the mixer and then take the output of that, throw it into a recorder, and then you can, can I, can I, mm, wait, it's such a mess. You can get a little cable that takes one headphone jack and splits it into two. That's like, whatever, $4 at, we'll say Radio Shack and pretend they still exist, wherever you can find them, probably Amazon. Uh, the bad news about that is if you're on with somebody like me who's half deaf, uh, we tried this once with my ex-wife and she's like, how can you even, and I'm like, what? It's not that, she's like, you're deaf. You're seriously deaf. Uh, so I had, a, there was no way to have two different volumes for that. And that's where if you have a mixer, 
you can take the headphone jack into what's called a headphone jack and you can get a headphone or I'm sorry, headphone amplifier and you can get one for like 30 bucks. And what's nice about this is you have a cable that goes from the mixer to the headphone amp and then everybody plugs their headphones into that and then they all have a volume knob. That's the cool thing about that aspect. So um, if you're doing them live and in person, uh, that's probably the way to go. Jim, when you record on the road, do you even worry about headphones or how does it work? Yeah, actually, for my guest, I I, I come right out of the board. So I have a little um, a little Alesis Multimix 4. So I come out of the headphone jack because I want to hear the whole mix. I want to hear everything that's going on. And then I, I wear earbuds, but I don't give... I Initially, I did. I gave... I took a headphone amplifier. I did what you said. By the way, I think that's the best way as well. Just drop the 30. You can get a Behringer um, four, you know, four port headphone amplifier for 30 bucks. I prefer the ART, A-R-T, ART Pro mm-hmm. audio headphone amp. I've, that is just rock solid. It's 65 bucks, but it is just rock solid. It sits on the table well. It's got knobs that are easy to use. That, that's my preference. But... I, I've gotten to the point now with guests. I don't know if they want to or need to hear the mix. Like they're if I if if they're only hearing me, if we're only in the same room, they're already hearing my voice. So I've stopped trying to mic or I stopped trying to headphone the guest. What that might help with though is you get some people that start to get comfortable, and then they sit back in their chair. No, very true. Very very. And true. so when they hear their voice go away, they're like, "Oh, I need to." I need to kiss the microphone. No, you're you're right. Uh, sometimes I'll, I'll I'll tell them like I'll in the middle of the interview if they do that I'll just give them the you know the universal yeah. <laughs> move up uh, kind of thing. Hey, just just move a little bit closer to your mic. But um, I also took don't forget like I'm an earbud guy. I don't like cans. Never yeah. have. Never will. Just not that kind of guy. Dave, you're a you I'm like a can guy. guy. You're a can guy. You like <laughs> it. It's just what you're comfortable with. But for guests, definitely use cans because <laughs> obviously, right? You don't want, you know, you don't have to move those earbuds around. So just a good way. I think it's just a good way to do it. I, I, I'm i in all agreement. Do not monkey around. These ports on the back of these 2100s for audio are notoriously low. And you can't, yeah. you really can't hear yourself. Well, what's, so I just, I scrap them all together. What's not great is they have this little nub, for lack of a phrase, that you have to move to adjust the volume. And when something's plugged in there, it's it's not a great design. I really like the Samson Q2U. They have a volume knob on top of the microphone. It's nowhere like the back is a little less crowded on the Q2U. Uh, makes it a little easier because you just push up or down and you can hear your volume that way. But um, it works. It's just when you get everything plugged in here, especially if you're, there are times when I'll have an XLR and a USB because the USB is going to Skype, the XLR is going to a mixer, my headphones here, and then I'm trying to get my wedge my finger in there to uh, to adjust the volume. That's to me that would be something I would change. It's it's not a great interface, and not many people get it. Um, you know, get that 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 volume. I've seen people struggle with it. They you don't know which way to go. Yeah, that's it. It's, yeah, it's super messy. So I wouldn't if you can go XLR out of the 2100s. Do it as fast as you possibly can. I mean, I, I know USB is great and it's super easy and it's super simple, but I am not. If you have a PC, even with a PC or a Mac or whatever, I really like going through a board first. Yeah, you just get a lot more control, and you don't have to spend a lot. You know, there's some. If you're going to be on the road, I'd recommend a Mackie mixer. Mackie is just the most durable of the four big ones that are yeah. out there. Mackie is by far the most durable, and so they're a little more expensive, but. 
you know, if you go with a Mackie USB mixer, a little two port, I'm looking at this, this, uh, this 402 VLZ four. Why can't they have cool names? Like, why does it have to be these stupid? Right. XKYM exclamation point hashtag six. Right. Here yeah. in the studio, I use a four, you know, I have a four XLR port, uh, FX Pro or a Pro FX eight. I use a Pro FX 12 at work. Those are a little, that's an overkill for, you know, for right. going on the road. But if you, if you can get something small, I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. She says uh, her follow-up is all this stuff kind of difficult to set up on the go. I'll do as many in studios as I can, but some will be at the location. Bringing all that gear is somewhat difficult to manage. And this is where. No, it's not. No, it's not hard to say. That's true. I would no. go, I would go the soldier route. If you think about it, you know, soldiers, one of the things they do is they learn how to take apart and put back together their gun like that. And it's really not because it really it's, it's, you know, the microphones go in, the out goes here, headphone in plug, you know, all the, all in out. I would say the outs go into an in and the, the, you know, vice versa. And once you do it, it all depends on how many microphones you're setting up. If you're setting up two, I'm, you know, and realize that when you look at a mixer, let's say you have a mixer that has, um, I don't know, six rows of stuff and you're going to use two of them. All you have to do is take those other four that you're not using and just turn them down to zero. You can completely ignore those now. And now you just look at the two that you're doing. You take your output, you put it in your recorder, you get the little headphone thing going. It's really not that hard. If you wanted things just super easy, the Zoom H6 handy recorder um, lets you record up to four people, actually up to six if you buy the adapter. It really doesn't get much easier than the Zoom H6. Except, and that- Dave, I think those are harder w- when you're trying to do a mix. This is where I like a mixer. Like mix- yeah, that's true. Do mixes. And those are, again, those, that's drop dead simple. Plug it in, get a mix. Once you set the mix, you're fine. But your guy or, or a gal who likes to tinker with your mix sound, it you can. But those controls are small on that H6. It's the same on the task cams. They're super small. They use kind of a they use a really bad LCD or LED screen yeah. to, to, to do that. So it gets a little more difficult. Um, it's Dave, I have a backpack that I just has all my stuff in it. And I keep mm-hmm. the original, I keep it in the original boxes with the bubble wrap and all the cables and all the cords that I need. Everything I need is in this backpack, including a power strip to be able to run this thing and an extension cord. Because you always go places. The power strip's not long enough. You need an extension cord. So all of it's in a backpack. One, one. I, I, I sit down, unzip it, pull it out, set it up, piece of cake, like a soldier. Yeah, that's the fun thing is is you do have, like, here's an H5. And it, they have the nice, really nice knobs to turn things up and down. But you're still kind of tied into. Um, I like they have the bar over the. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you well, don't. so you don't kill it. Yeah. I've already, my, uh, whatever these are, the microphones that plug into the top. I mean, it's cool because I can just push a button and it's gone. They should make something to put over this. Like, cause I'm not always going to use this and I left mine on and it, it comes with a little coffin to put it in when you travel, but I forget which one, but one of these is, is got hit too many times. And it's when I use this, they're static now. And I'm like, okay. And I can replace this if I wanted to, but I, I never ever use that. So I just no. use the XLRs at the bottom. And if I was sure. doing that, if I knew I was going to use the, uh, just the XLRs at the bottom, I probably could have gone with a Tascam and saved myself about a hundred bucks. Yeah. Carrie says she has the Tascam DRO5 yeah. and the interface is really confusing. That is the big drawback on Tascam. Their, their user interface is, it's awful. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, it's hard. It's the screens are small. 
it, it's you really got to know what you're doing. Once you're in there, it's fine. Once you know how to do it. But you're talking about trying to do a whole bunch of things with a little tiny click wheel. And so yeah. you got to do these click, click and buttons and buttons do multifunction and yeah. there's no way they can label them all. And it, it it's super, super messy. I Not my favorite, even still on the road. I have a Tascam DR07, which has no inputs. It's the low end, $99. Right. I use that for the Bob Barker, you know, back yeah. and forth kind of thing. But if I'm recording, I'm, I'm taking my gear with me. and We're going to plug it into a board. Yeah. Yeah. If you have that option, that's it's a matter of I just need a table. Yeah, and, and not any more expensive, Dave. Uh, a board, you know, you can get I, that, that Alesis Multimix 4, which is USB. That's key. The cheaper, cheap, the really cheap boards, the $50 boards are probably not USB. So make sure you check. But, you know, you're going to spend 75 to 100 bucks for that board. And then uh, that, that headphone jack, let's say you get the cheap one at 30 so you're a hundred bucks there, maybe a little over a hundred bucks. That's it for the most part. I mean, you don't need much more than that. And so those that zooms 250 bucks. So you could, you could, a board's cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. And then you just, and then if you want to, you could either a record into audacity on your computer or, right. or get take some laptop. Yeah, yeah. Take your laptop and that whole nine yards. So, yeah, yeah. We do Google Hangouts live that way. So when I go to conferences, I always request a landline. And then we do Google Hangouts. I don't even record them locally. They all, it all goes to the cloud and uh, recording on a Google Hangout. So it's a super easy way to do it. Nice. So, yeah, thanks for that question. And again, we're at askthepodcastcoach.com slash live. Or if you want to jump into the Hangout, it's askthepodcastcoach.com slash join. This comes from the School of Podcasting's private Facebook group. Uh, and it kind of ties into to the, what we're talking about. Uh, this is from Tom Boomershine. And I just think that's the coolest last name ever. And he says, hey, Dave and crew, if you have a digital recorder like the H4, H5, H6, H1, take your pick. Do I still need Pamela to record Skype interviews? And I basically, yeah, I'm with Jim. Jim's, when he hears the word Pamela, I, I Pamela is one of the few programs that I've never been able to get to work. And I remember I finally bought a new computer and it worked on that. And then even if I told it to record in a WAV format, it still sounded like caca poo poo. And I've never been a fan of that program. Plus it breaks every time Skype updates, it breaks. I've Microsoft just, never updates Skype. I don't know what you're no. talking about. And, and you know why people promote that one? It, it is. It's one of those things. I don't know if this is true. I do know it's, as far as I know, the only Skype recorder that has an affiliate program. And it just so happens that that seems to be the one that people love to promote. And I'm like, yeah, but it doesn't work. I'm like, it but, struggles. It, it is. I don't know why it's still popular. Um, it's getting less popular. Yeah, but it, it does. It does. There's so many other better ways. Yeah. So the answer is yes. Uh, record it. I recorded. Um, Why well, uh, on this show right now, we're recording it three ways. We have it in Google Hangout. We got Mixler going in the background so we can stream live. Uh, and we've got it on my recorder. And with that, I, I have three things going. And there are times that I'm like, OK, we're down to the Google Hangouts because Dave forgot to press record. The signal that's going to Mixler, Dave didn't look at, and it's completely peaked out in a distorted ball of, you know, crap. And I'm like, I guess we're going with Google. So I interviewed uh, a guy from Kindlepreneur uh, last week, and I had my recorder going, and he said, and I had my, uh, I think it was on, what was it? Oh, uh, Squadcast. So I had Squadcast going, I had my recorder going. He goes, you want me to record it on my end? And I'm in my head, I'm thinking, you got two. You don't, you know, like, yes, please record it. it if somebody offers it, take it because you never know. Um, yeah, you, you say yes in that case. Um, we use Spreaker as well. So and you, you, um, live stream on, you were on my show on Thursday and yeah. we live stream via Spreaker. So that's my second backup. You know, we do, we do hangouts 
And then I got Spreaker Live going. And and the thing I like about Spreaker, and I don't know about Mixler because I've never done it via Mixler, but you get really good on the Spreaker uh, web recording software, whatever that is. You get really good, I imagine, on the, the PC version, too. The levels are really good. It's not like just three or four dots. Like, you know, what we see right. here in Google Hangouts is like four little green dots. You have... <laughs> How how can you tell what three quarters of the third dot is? Yeah. Right? You have no, you just don't have any control. The um in the Spreaker stuff, you get really good, and it mimics like a mixer, so you can not only uh, control some a little bit of the game, but you can kind of control the volume. It's got some additional features to it as well, adding music and some of those things. But that's been a good secondary backup. So I always broadcast live to Spreaker as well. Got a backup audio in case YouTube dies. I haven't had to use that audio as a backup in years maybe five or six five years or so so but it's a good way to do it yeah it's it's like a spare tiger you don't really need it but when you need it you really need it (laughs) so it's uh it's good to have ross is asking me if there's a special backpack that you use to keep things organized uh you know i mentioned i throw everything in a backpack i the ones i actually use when i because i dj a little bit too i go out and do music and weddings and some of those kinds of things and I just I use just whatever backpacks I've had, old backpacks that are have no function because they sit on the shelf, three hundred and sixty days out of the year, right? They they don't do anything. Yeah. So I don't do anything expensive. A Targus has been, and they're not a sponsor, but they've been sending me backpacks to to uh, to kind of do some eval work on. Those are really nice backpacks, but I don't think I would want that much backpack for something I use four times a year. I just. You know, I just grab a cheap one or, or those, you know, back to school, they're like 20 bucks and they're not very good, but you don't need good. Yeah. You just need a big pouch. Yeah. I just took the one I had from the last time I was in college and I had or a conference, right? We, we go to these conferences and get backpacks, right? Well, the other thing is I had a, a laptop case and laptop cases, you're using a shoulder strap and that would kill my shoulder. By the time I've, I've walked through the airport and blah, 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 and walking again, I get there and I got a big old dent in my arm and this uh, backpack is on both shoulders that distributes the weight a little better and it doesn't kill my, it, it's still heavy, but it's not quite the pain in the shoulder that, uh, that that is. So I went to, you know, I'm a, a windows insider MVP. I was, well, I guess I still am until July 1st. Uh, but you know, I went to a conference and they gave me a, you know, a pretty nice uh, OGIO. How do you pronounce that? Ogio. These are pretty nice. It's a kind of a West coast brand. Um, but I, like, I wouldn't use this for work, but these make great carriers for that, you know, a few pockets, uh, you know, know, to divide things out, you know, a Targus bag and who has bags just sitting around his desk. I don't know, but (laughs) apparently (laughs) a Targus bag, you know, like this, that you would get for a carrier. This is their newest, uh, it's called balance these for, for, you know, if you're, for a professional and you don't want a briefcase who carries a briefcase anymore, but these Targus bags, you know, they're getting the, where you can separate them, you know, really nice opening. Yeah. And, and then you can separate the laptop from the rest of the backpack when you're going through TSA. Oh, that's um, nice. yeah, I'm, I'm not as inclined to use, these are 80, $90 backpacks. I'm not as, in, as inclined to use those for that kind of stuff. Uh, but, but the, the stuff you get at conferences or whatever works great or a duffel bag would even work to the, the key, Dave, I think is to keep your equipment in its original box. Cause it was meant to travel mm-hmm. in those boxes. So keep the foam or keep the bubble wrap or whatever, and just throw all that. The cables are just fine. Just throw all that stuff in there. As you go. Yeah. That's the nice thing about the last thing you just held up is it had a little more padding 
in it where oh, it's got a ton. Yeah. This Targus is it's meant to protect your gear. Yeah. It's just got a ton of padding in there. So these are really great. One of the things I've liked about the Targus is they've got these, bo- these bottom sections that take the whole width of the backpack and you can get like power cords and cables yeah. and bricks. Uh, you can get them batteries. In there. Batteries. Yeah. They fit really, really well cables. in there. So for, Podcaster on the road, definitely. Um, I mean, if you're using it, if it's a daily driver for you in your backpack, and check out Targus again, they're not a sponsor, but um, if it's a daily driver for you, spend the extra dollars on getting a really good one. Like, yeah. Don't just settle for for the you know the back to school ones. Yeah. Really get a good one because I've had backpacks last me ten years. Yeah. You know that way. Absolutely, and I'm with Jim. I I mean I've used mine maybe six times a year if I if that. And it's like now with podcast movement, I have to bring my laptop. The last time uh, I wasn't doing anything. I, I think they had a uh, a laptop there. So I just had to email them my presentation and I just took my iPad. That was awesome because I had a, you know, I had a recorder and an iPad and some cables in the book bag. It weighed like, you know, two ounces. It was awesome. So well, and, and don't get me wrong. My daily driver for work is a Targus bag and it, I, it gets beat and I travel with it. So it gets jammed in the seat below and, and it, you know, it needs to be durable. And I had a Swiss before and I, that thing got so beat. I ripped the, it lasted me though a decade and yeah. I ripped the, all the, you know, all the, all their um, logo stuff got ripped off the front and yeah. I broke the, you know, broke the zipper buttons and put my own on there and those kinds of things. But a really, really, really good backpack is key for sure. Yeah. The, uh, I thought this was interesting. There's an article and Facebook is beta testing where you can now charge for being in a group. And I know last week where you made a great point on how Facebook groups in some cases don't really solve any problems. Somebody comes in with a question, they get 37 suggestions and they've gone from, well, I have one question to, okay, now I, now I have to process 38 different answers. I think they're more confused sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I saw this and I was like, well, that's interesting because that's always been the big thing for for people, it's like, you probably shouldn't have a Facebook group because you don't own it and they could change it anytime you want. And I haven't read all this article. I don't think it's a case where they're all going to be paid. It's They're giving people the option that if you want to, you can charge for this. And I think this will be interesting because if this rolls out, you know, there's going to be that person that's like, it's, you know, $400 a month to be in my private Uber cool, big shot, smarty pants mastermind group, you know. Um, and I think it's just going to be one of those things where, I, I don't know, do you feel like, we're just getting used to paying monthly, lots of little monthly fees. That seems to be um, something that's going on. Yeah. But I think a lot of people ask for all cart pricing for a lot of years. Yeah. You know, they, they got tired of paying the one big fee of 300 bucks or whatever. And, and it's like, if I could just, you know, the movies are this way, if I could just pay four or five bucks, well, or, you know, cable is this way, right? You get cable, it's a $200 charge, or you can cut the cable and pay $200 just to nine, just to 90 different people, uh, in, in smaller increments. Um, I, I don't think this Facebook group thing is a bad thing. Cause I think no. for some podcasters, they don't want to do a membership site, but they have enough value in their Facebook group that they could probably charge. And I think the prices were four ninety nine to twenty nine ninety nine. Right yeah. now, I think those are the two or those are the that runs the gamut. They're testing it. We talked a little bit about this on Home Gadget Geeks on Thursday. They're testing it with cooking shows and, or cooking groups. And there was one other one. What was the, mm, I forget, but um, we'll just say photographers. I don't think yeah. that's it, but 
So yeah, I, I think it's a good I think it's a good option if they could turn that on. They're not taking a cut right now, but they're gonna take a cut for sure at some point in time. I imagine there will be no ads inside of them since they're paid for. Uh, I, I think they could be good for podcasters. Yeah, I have a situation like that where I have a private Facebook group for the Logical Losers, which is uh, uh, my weight loss show. And if you join at any level on Patreon, you get this private Facebook group. And all that really is, is you get to see me. I will put in articles. I'm like, this is what I'm thinking about. I'm, I'm using them as a focus group, really. I'm like, what do you guys think of this article? What do you think of that? And then I use their feedback in the in the episode. Um, Carrie says, I'm in two photography groups and she only has access to them because they're in their paid group. Well, and I, I think folks are doing this through Patreon right yeah. now, right? So join my Patreon and then I'll give you access to the Facebook group. Well, okay. So the, the question will be when Facebook starts taking their cut, which cut will be bigger? Yeah, Facebook's that's it. Or Patreon's cut, <laughs> right? Patreon's cut's pretty steep. Yeah, that can be basic. It looks more or less like 10% by the yeah. time I look at it. So no, no matter how you slice it, no matter how you do it, it's between eight and 10. So will Facebook come in at a more reasonable five? If they did, would you switch? I, th- I think it's a good, I think it's a good question. It, it probably depends on how many people you have in your group. So. Yeah, that's it. And uh, yeah. speaking of groups, we should probably take a quick second to say thank you to our awesome supporters. Uh, you can join them over at askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. And uh, that would include awesome people like Josh Liston, who's uh, got the on the bubble podcast.com as well as Greg over at debt Jonathan Bloom over at weekly awesome.com Glenn, the geek Hebert over at horse radio network.com Josh rivers at podcasting experiments.com Way up in the clouds with Max Trescott over at AviationNewsTalk.com. Let me go back to that. With 2008 National CFI of the Year, Max Trescott. Oh, holy cow. That's awesome. Uh, And, of course, the man with the coolest coasters on the planet, uh, Shane from Spybrary.com. So thanks to everyone for supporting the show. Uh, Again, if you'd like to help out, keep the lights on, et cetera, et cetera, uh, simply go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. And are you, we kind of buried, I guess what some might say, the buried the lead. The big news this week, was it this week or last week? That the, I think it was last week, but most people have been talking about it this week. Yeah. The Google podcast app came out and I am somewhat encouraged by this mainly because, and I'm looking for the link, James Cridlin over at Pod News did this really cool uh, video. And he actually went in, the first thing he did was uninstalled the app from his phone. And he shows that even if you don't have the app, because really it's not, uh, last night, Daniel J. Lewis, by the way, on the uh, Podcasters Roundtable last night, nice to have him back, well, was explaining how it's a web app. And basically they just kind of put a, a code around it. So it looks like an app, but really it's a web app. It's very scaled down. There's, there's almost no features. It does the, the speed up thing. Uh, it does not download your, your file by nature. You have to go in and say, download this. Otherwise it's just, and this is where I'm going to put my quotations up. It's streaming it, but it's not really, it's just a progressive download behind the scenes. And uh, what's great about it is if you get your Google link, when people click on that on an Android, it basically takes you right to that podcast. They click on subscribe. It adds the app because the, again, behind the scenes, the app's kind of already there in your operating system. And so it's a super 
quick, like bam, you're in. And so for me, I look at this as when I hear about the, uh, the Edison research and the average person listens to five podcast episodes a week. Perfect for this person. Uh, if you're a power user and you're already using pocket cast and you've got your playlist and you know, you love your, uh, overcast with its noise or not noise, but, uh, silence canceling smart speed, smart speed. Yeah. This is yeah. not for you, but yeah. I, I, to me, I was like, okay, this is, that's the, that's the thing that got me when I saw how easy and what happens on an Android, I went, that's cool. Now, is it going to make a, a hill of beans a difference? We'll see. And this is a, a question I've always wondered over the years because I'm helping somebody next week. I have a, a consulting call and he wants more listeners, wants more down. Well, who doesn't, right? And I go over to his website. He's got one button, iTunes. That's it. And I was on a, I did a podcast review show or a podcast rodeo show last night. Zero, none. You can't subscribe to this person's podcast. I'm like, you got to have at least iTunes. Uh, and so now I would have, uh, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, and maybe your RSS feed. And then, you know, that's it. And if you go to ask the podcast you'll see, I've actually updated the site and I've got it on there and, and we'll see what happens. But what my question is, is Apple so big? Cause granted they were the first ones into the pool that stayed in the pool. They weren't like Yahoo that had a directory and quit, you know, and Zoom that had a directory and quit you know, Apple stuck it through the whole thing. They made it easy for subscribing. And of course, because of the charts, everybody's been talking about them. So I always wonder, like, are they big because they were in first? And I think the answer to that is kind of yes. But the other thing is people have just been nonstop talking about Apple podcast ever since then. And so now that we have Google podcast, number one, there's no charts. So are people going to talk about them? Because, you know, to me, the benefit is, hey, here's something that you can listen to my podcast on. It's super easy. But is is Apple big because they were in first or is Apple continue to be big because people talk about them all the time? So my whole thing is, I think podcasts now need to go out and let people know, hey, if you're on Android and you haven't been listening to podcasts, here's an easy way to do it. Go out and click on this link and and you're there. So I, I hope we all talk about it and see what we can do to make it big. I know Google is going to be a podcast movement. That's exciting. I, I don't think Google is going to do that. And I don't think they can. They're just too diverse. It's like Windows. They're just their their platforms are too diverse. The beauty of Apple, love them or hate them, uh, is that they're they're unified. And when they decide to back something, it's on the hardware, it's on the software, it's you know they they it's one platform. And Google just does does not. That's the that's the problem with the diverse ecosystem. Now, do they dominate? Absolutely. I mean, they they have more numbers worldwide. It's amazing their domination. But their their messages are too diverse, and so could they get behind podcasting? Sure, would it make a difference? Maybe a little bit. I just, but I, I don't see them unless they're going to, you know, when when Apple went through the whole iPod and then the iPhone launch, you know, they put a lot of emphasis on their platform, and and you know, and music and podcasts were a big part of that. I think actually podcasts got carried along because of music that they were in the same app and Google started this way. And then, I mean, the, the horse is out of the barn. So that's not, that's not ever going to happen again. I just don't think unless Google is going to spend a bunch of money and do a bunch of advertising, I just don't think they're going to catch up. It'll be great to have it if it works because yeah. all of us podcasters will direct them to it, right? An easy way on Google would be great. Will Google ever dominate in that space? I doubt it. They're, they're already, 
they're already too far behind. I mean, they're they're in the they're in a Microsoft position right now where they're just too late, too little, too late. Yeah. And those those never get there. Good for us though. Don't I I don't want to be that negative on it. This is good. This is like you said, I think this is a good thing that they're doing this. But will it be a major driving force? No. I'm not in a million years. Yeah, I am somewhat disappointed. I thought if they came out with an overcast on Android, you know, here's your playlist, here's this. Here's, you know, and I guess the other thing that's a big benefit is searchability, you know, and we're going to talk about the quote discovery problem, but I guess their search is really good. And when, you know, and the fact that podcasts are coming up now in search results and things like that. But to me, this would have been such a slam dunk if it was like, hey, not only they make an app, but it's good. You know, check this out. You can do this. And it does everything that all the other top because I'm thinking they've got to have access to developers. You know, these guys are pretty smart. They're working at Google. To just go, you know, to go, who's the top ranking app? Oh, well, if it's not Apple Podcasts, it's it's Overcast pretty much is usually the one that comes in either second or third. Let's see what they're doing and, and duplicate they that. Just, they should have just bought Overcast, to be honest with you. Why, why, why? Why develop now? This is dumb. Like, we, there's already mature apps that are out there that are doing it. I mean, Overcast kills it. Pocketcast kills it. Yeah. They've solved all the they, they've solved all the Android problems. Why would you reinvent one now? And and I get it. I get why they're going to do it. They're going to build it from the ground up. But it it look, let's see what's the last successful web browser that's been built by somebody from the ground up? Well, it's Edge. Does anybody use it? No. <laughs> Microsoft has a billion people. They have access to a billion people on their desktop now. Well, let's just say it's seven hundred fifty thousand because it's probably not a billion. Three quarters of a billion people, and are they getting traction with Edge? No, because the 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 browser market is over. Like everybody's on Chrome for the most part. Some Firefox users, but right. Chrome dominates. Right? It just it is just become the winner. Same thing in the podcast. This podcast world, like they, they, I think they would have been smarter just to buy one of those yeah. one of those and just integrate it in. They pro- and it, the funny thing is they didn't, but NPR did. You know, NPR bought Pocket Cast, and I'm like, okay. Which is odd that I, that's an, those are those, that's an odd, yeah. that was an odd purchase. That was the one that I was like, I, I was kind of hoping it was Google when I heard they got bought. Uh, Michael Delaney says, what's the difference between Google play music and the new Google app? Well, first of all, I think you're going to see Google play music go away because I think it's yesterday or today they're announcing YouTube music. And if you look at ask the podcast coach, I've taken the Google play music links off my site. I really think that is dead directory walking. Uh, and the biggest difference is, and thank God for this with Google play music, they took a copy of your file and put it on their server and streamed it there, which is really dumb. And I understand why companies do that because they want to make sure that when somebody hits play, it works. But to me, I don't know. There's gotta be a way that like, if your feed goes invalid, you get yanked immediately too bad. You know, don't put crap in your feed, but this is not, this is pulling right from your lips and from your blueberry, from your speaker, whoever it is. They're, they're pulling it right from your feed. So that's the big difference uh, between the two. And I love it because when you, you know, we all do it. We, we try not to, but when you make a mistake and you upload that file, that has 20 seconds of silence in the middle of it. Replacing it is a pain in the butt right now for Google play music and Spotify. Those are the two platforms that make a copy. So if we could get Spotify to fall in line and also pull our stuff from our feed, that'd be awesome, but they're not, but that's the big thing. I was happy to see the, the part that I that we're going to need to see and we don't have yet is how are we going to be able to tell what Google podcast is using as the source from a 
troubleshooting tool, we're going to need something to help us figure that out. And right now we can do the opposite. We can say, I can put in the RSS feed and it'll give me the Google Play link. We need somebody to reverse engineer so I can say, here's the Google Play link. What RSS is the source? And I'm sure somebody will eventually come up with that. But yeah, Google Play Music is is dead. I heard I was listening to um, a YouTube podcast last night and they were saying that there's this new YouTube music coming out. Um, Which makes sense. Yeah. They've got that. I mean, YouTube, the platform is incredible uh, just from a, the number of eyeballs that use it. Why would you not run all your media and all your music through YouTube? That makes sense. I think we're going to get, there's going to be a music service that'll be provided off the YouTube platform. And we're not talking about youtube.com. We're talking about the services provided through the technologies of streaming and the things that they're doing on YouTube. So we're not talking about sitting down at a desktop on YouTube, watching your music. We're talking about Spotify, the Spotify experience, except YouTube and its streaming services being the back end. That is definitely where Google is moving. Most of their subscription and their subscription options are moving towards YouTube. Uh, And so you got to watch the YouTube platform as a podcaster. I think you have to be serious about like, there's going to be some, there's going to be some options out there. It, it also doesn't surprise me that podcasts just don't fit into that, to that scheme. Right. right? Like, so I don't know. Google's a mess. It should be fun to watch. That's it's it's like watching a train wreck. I just hope, I hope, you know, it because the cool thing is it was last year at Podcast Movement. And this guy came up and said, uh, hey, I'd like to, to talk to you about podcasts. And I'm like, great. He goes, yeah, I'm whoever from Google. And I remember thinking, yeah, right, sure you are. And then I look up, he's got a Google shirt on, hands me a business card, says Google. And I'm like, holy cow, I'm talking to Google. And uh, he said, you know, what what can Google do to help podcasts? So that was last year. And I said, that's super easy. Make a native app. I go, we, we need something that's super easy to use on the Android side. So it's been a year and it's been launched. So now this year I'm going to say, okay, great. I'm glad you got an app. Now make it a little better. Make it something that, that I can say that's the best app on Android. Uh, and, and you'll dominate and then just make it work years to do it. Right. Don't, don't, don't spend a half a decade getting a fix. So uh, speaking of YouTube, did you see they're finally changing the name of YouTube red? to like so what do you when you say youtube red what does that mean for most people you're kind of like i mean we know what it means right it's your subscription service to get advertisements out of videos right but like that's a terrible name so they finally change it youtube premium is coming up here there you go yeah does that that makes a yeah red okay well no i want blue um you know i just i don't and i get why they did it because their color is red and some of those other things right but it's such a Microsoft-esque. They're such, it's like they, it's really weird. Over the last two years, it's almost like Google read the book on how Microsoft made mistakes. And they're like, let's see if we can make the same mistakes, but even worse. And they just, they have fallen into all the classic problems that Microsoft did, you know, 10 years ago. And and so it's, it. yeah, I, I again, I don't mean to be so negative about it, but if we hope Google is out there to save the world of podcasting, guys and ladies, we we need a different company. <laughs> They're not going to do it. Are you, are you going to say your famous tagline? Which one? Is, don't you have something like Google's not your friend or Google? Yeah. Maybe that's, maybe that's Rob Walsh. I always forget. I, yeah. It's not me. It'll be fun to watch. Uh, anyway, you slice it. It could be great. Yeah. Uh, hopefully it is. Hopefully they prove me wrong and it's great and it saves Android for podcasting, but, but the track record's not there. So uh, continue. I guess I say all this to say, 
continue to educate your listeners on how to get your podcast on Android. You're gonna you're just gonna have to. You're gonna have to make it easier for your listeners. They're not doing it right yeah. now. They're not doing it for you. I think what I'm gonna do is I'm going to have in every episode a link to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, my newsletter. And for more options, click here. And then you can go to my subscribe page where I've got the Stitcher and the blah, 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 the cast box and the Podbean and the all that other fun-filled stuff. So Emily says my statement is Google doesn't care about podcasts. And ah. that is that, that it, I do say that. Google yeah. doesn't care about podcasts. Here's a I, I saw a mistake that's that's happening on a more frequent basis. And this is where people and I can see why it's kind of cool, but kind of not. Uh, and I'll explain why. And that is where you'll either take a page in WordPress or even a post and you'll put all your podcasts. You'll just take your embedded player from Blueberry or Spreaker or whoever. And like, here's episode one. And then you'll either have like a small paragraph or, or no show notes at all. Uh, and then you'll have, here's episode number two. Here's another player. Here's episode number three. Here's another player. So you go to this one page and everything is there or you'll many of these players uh powerpress will do it libsyn has one where you can have what what we call a show player so you go to it's like a jukebox and you go to it you got this big square block and you've got 13 different episodes you click on them and they play that's great but somebody asked me this morning they're like how do i get people to go to episode five and i went over there and i'm like "Ooh, you can't because you have one link for eight episodes and what you need to do for SEO purposes as well, you want every episode to have its own post if you're using WordPress. Uh, and the reason for that is you can then set up a keyword for whatever and then write your notes about that that focus on that keyword. And But that also then gives you an individual link to that episode. And that's where I've also seen people ask me, they're like, well, how do I link to an individual episode in iTunes, which you can do. To which I say, that's a bad idea, because again, if we go overseas, I don't know, 70% of your audience is using an Android phone, and you just politely said, hey, guess what? Don't care. you know. And there are apps like Pocket Cast and Beyond Pod that will actually take a an iTunes link and go, oh, look, <laughs> he thinks we're on an iPhone, and they'll open it up in an Android. But I would say send people to your website and then have the subscribe buttons there. But uh, it's an easy mistake to to make because you, you're like, oh, look, everything's in one place. Yeah, that's true, but you want people to be able to tell other people about your show. And when you go, oh yeah, go to this link and they go, yeah, which, which one is it? There's like 14 options here. Is there any positive side of that, Jim? I, I just look at it and go, yeah, that's, you know, um, I hate to be the negative nilly on this, on this episode, but no. Yeah. In no. the immortal words of the man from Apple. Don't do that. Just yeah. please, please don't do that. Yeah, Don't do that. That's, that's just bad. <laughs> just don't do it. Just don't. We, uh, I've been getting some really good traction on LinkedIn, and and I think this is an area um, of taking YouTube videos and posting them to LinkedIn. Man, that has been dynamite. So if you're if you're missing out, if you're not currently doing that, and by the way, do not spam LinkedIn. You will get you will get beaten down. <laughs> so do not those LinkedIn users. It's a serious place, and and don't um you know do not uh, get cute out there. Don't don't do your Jedi mind tricks to LinkedIn people. They will chew you up and spit you out. And don't take... It needs to be business-related or business-focused or at least close to it. Uh, otherwise, they will chew you up. But LinkedIn has been a great... I've been pushing you know, both my archive.org video on during the week 
And then I do YouTube, a direct link to YouTube on the weekends. And I'm getting some really good traction on those from the users out there. You just put the direct link them to those things, get them to those those places so they can come watch it and getting some really good traction and some good likes. So if you're not using LinkedIn, you might want to give it a, give it a second look. The other thing, the other topic, Jim, how many shows do you do? Well, including work, uh, there's four at work and then two here. So that's six. And then this one makes seven. So how many of those, if you take away work, how many are, are quote, hobby podcasts? Uh, the Well, the three, you plus the two I do on the Average Guy Network are, right. are hobby. Yeah. Because this is something I have found that once you get that first episode out, your first podcast out, and you see, you understand what it takes to launch one. It's super easy to go, oh, well, that really wasn't that bad. Launching them is not the problem. It is for the first one because you're like, wait, the the what thing goes where? How do I record? the? Where does this play? Once you figure that out, you're like, oh, I got it now. And you want to launch a second one. I'm, I'm here to tell you, I was thinking about this last night because I really see where I want to go. I, I the, the, the clouds parted last night and I went, Dave, you're really good at helping people understand podcasts. Why are you doing a weight loss show? Why are you doing an Alexa cast? Why are you doing a story about your band in 1995? You need to cut this crap out. And um, I just, that that's what I need to do. I need to go in and, and just whack them all. Cause I want to make, I, I think, and this is, this is the key part. I'm thinking there's one format that I don't do. I don't do a quick tip show. If you want, Live Q&A, ask the podcast coach. You want long-form interviews and in-depth discussion, schoolofpodcasting.com. You want uh, tips on making your show better, podcast review show. You want fun, entertaining, you know, podcast rodeo show. I guess you could say that's a quick tip show. But no, I wouldn't say it's quick tip. You were onto it with your weekly web tools. Yeah. I just, I just, I just think just re rebrand it and make it very podcast specific. Yeah. But I, I thought about that last night. I'm like, Cause I'm thinking I really want to do this other, you know, nine minutes or less one topic. Cause that's the only thing I kind of regret about the school of podcasting is every show, you know, I've got it because of my podcast story. I've got some sort of main topic and then there's usually some news that makes it incredibly hard to make a title. So I've, I've this year decided whatever that main meat and potato thing is, that's what, that's what the title is. And I kind of go from there, but it does make it hard for a little bit for SEO. And I've also, and this is where I have to be careful. I've been looking at my podcast connect stats and I've noticed least recently that most of my shows are going closer to an hour than 45 minutes. And I'm also noticing that my uh, downloads are going not, they're not taking a nosedive, but they've, they've dipped a little. I'm like, eh, we might want to back it off. Uh, like this week I have an interview and then we're doing the question. Do you look at show notes? Blah, blah, blah. And that's just going to be it. I, I got smart. I'm like, wait a minute. Why am I shoehorning this stuff into you know, you've got the, you have a really good problem. I have too much content. So let's let that simmer a bit, but it's just one of those things where I, I just want to warn people that, cause like I've thought about this and I'm so glad I didn't pull the trigger. I really, for about three months, wanted to make a local Akron, Ohio podcast. I actually own the domain akronpodcast.com and really was like, this would be cool to see if I could get local sponsors and I could, and then I look at it that now and I'm like, I'm a person that's perfectly happy most of the time staying home. I'm not a person that, you know, I don't, I don't hate people, but I'm not a like, let's go out and let's drink wine at this bar. And it's just, you know, I like to go to the movies and things like that. And maybe I might enjoy it, but I look back now and go, 
Thank God I didn't start that podcast. Yeah. Well, I think there's a biblical principle that's good, whether you're biblical or not, which is no man can serve two masters. He'll yeah. love one and hate the other. Right. And, and I, you get, when you get camps divided in your hobbies or even at work. Now I can kind of do that because my work podcast is work and my hobby podcasts are technology. And so I can kind of separate those two and make it work. Now they do actually do blend together. actually really nice. I was doing a podcast yesterday at work and Emily Prokop showed up in the chat room, which, nice. was, which was really, really cool. I'm like, and it was like, Hey, Emily, what are you doing here? Like it's, it, this is, this is my work podcast. And she had said she works better when she's listening to podcasts because yeah. it keeps her, it keeps her, her attention focused and she needed something live and she knew I was live out there. So she just jumped out there. And so Emily, I know that's a, uh, you know, it's kind of a comment, uh, kind of a compliment uh, that I keep you uh, focused or that we keep you focused, but, it is, um, it is hard. You've been, you've been trying these different genres and it is hard to kind of keep focus and then build your brand because Google gets confused. They're like, okay, what, wait a minute. What are you, how are we putting all of you together via SEO? You, Dave, you mentioned titles, by the way, and we've learned, I've learned a bunch about titles in the last couple of weeks as we've been focusing on it at work. Get the meat of your title up front because in most podcast applications, you know, you think of blogger or WordPress or, Wix or any of those, they're going to create a URL for your um, for your post based on your title. And the SEO, there's really two major spots now where SEO is important. That's li- that's it. Everything else has been taken away by keyword stuffers and all right. those other things. There's two things: the title and your SEO. That's it. There's a little bit in tags and some other things, but title, tags. A lot of people, if you put your podcast name. You know, call to coach, mm-hmm. theme Thursday, home gadget geeks here, ask the podcast coach. In most URLs, they're only going to take the first hundred characters. So you've you've just now stuffed the name of your podcast in the URL and the SEO is now worthless. Like you're not getting anything out of your SEO. So one of the things I need to work on this whenever I'm posting now, and I didn't do it this week, ah, it's going to be a habit I'm going to have to get into. One more step before I hit publish, look at the URL that was created by the platform and take out the, uh, and <laughs> like, those are not good SEO words for you. Just don't do it. Don't put them in there. Get your keywords in your URL. So in, in nobody looks at the URL except Google for, for ranking purposes. Yeah. So it's good. It, it, it can look as ugly. If you want to keyword stuff, keyword stuff, your URL, cause nobody cares. Again, again, except Google. So that's when we think about those, I think that, you know, the two, the two topics there, Dave, is one, get focused in what you're doing. This is what you're doing. Get focused on what you're best at and what you're most passionate about. And if you're spread all over the place, it's going to show. And mm-hmm. then two, make sure you're in, in your titling, take advantage of don't of, of how you title plus the SEO that you get out of your URL. Yeah. Cause for me, I was really getting into rewriting my book and I've been, I've been doing some really cool interviews. Cause I, what I decided to do was like throw out the old one. I'm like, look, this is from 2012. Yes. There's a little bit of information in there that I'm going to keep, but I'm starting almost from scratch. And I was really excited about that. And all of a sudden I looked up, I'm like, Oh crap. I got this other podcast I'm working on and I can't, I can't lose weight and stay up till one o'clock, one thirty, two thirty in the morning. That just doesn't work. So again, you you can't have, like you said, you can't serve two masters. You can't have 15 number one priorities. So one of the things I'm doing today, I'm actually really in the mood to just pound through some podcasting is I'm going to 
I'm just going to record every episode of the history of the band six shooter, get it done and get it out there and post it and done. I've, I've, yeah. I've experimented with this platform, got my answers. Well, let's see what happens with that. And then I can get back. Then I want to write my book, but what I'm going to do is this sounds so stupid. I'm going to take my own advice. Like I'm going to write out a good 20 to 30 episodes, not, not word for word, but this one's going to talk about this and this and that. There's some cool things I want to do where I answer a lot of questions on Quora and I'm like, those are episodes. Like, why am I not just saying, you know, and, and here's a quick three minute tip and blah, blah. And I don't know. And that's, I'm going to follow my own advice. I'm going to record a couple, see how long they take and then decide what my schedule is. Cause I'm like, if these are really smart, if these are smart, if these are really short, I could do a daily podcast. And as soon as I heard the word daily come out of my mouth, I'm like, are you wait, stop. Whoa, hold on there. Mister, you're, you're, you've got the fever here. Hold on. You know? And that's when I was like, okay. And then the other thing they're going to be, they're going to be evergreen. It's not, you know, we're talking about the Google podcast app, you know, no, sorry. That's not going to be, this is universal. That's what this show is for. Yeah. The the daily news, right. That's what we do here. And and good to know that, right. Good. In in your strategy, Dave, you listed off your podcast. And I think next to them on that piece of paper needs to be, what's the purpose of them? Like who are they reaching and what's the purpose? Yeah. Oh man. I'm, I'm taking uh Yoast. I'm taking some of his SEO classes. I was doing so many things wrong. And one of his things is his whole thing isn't about tips and tricks. And his thing is number one, who's your audience? Who are you writing for? And make content. His whole thing is like write good content, but you got to know who your audience is for and things like that. We'll probably share some, some SEO tips here in the, in the post show. But um, I don't think the media file has anything to do with SEO. That has to do with your title, your headlines, your readability uh, and your like, I've, I look back now and I'm like, Oh crap. I should have had categories for the school of podcasting. Cause if you think about it, I'm, I'm talking about gear. I'm either talking about making money, talking about shaping your content, maybe podcast promotion, you know, and I should have had those in cause that's one of those things that's not a huge part of SEO, but it's part of it. And then tags. I, I don't think I've, I think I've tagged four things on the school of podcasting. And it was kind of like, yeah, I understand what they work for and you can use tags as filters, but oh, there's, there's actually an SEO part of that. So I'm, I'm the deeper into it. The other thing I didn't realize is you kind of don't want to try to have multiple posts for the same keyword. And what I, they said, because what happens is Google gets to your website and they're like, wait, wait, Oh, which one should we do? And so you rank worse for both. They should have, one, what they call a um, cornerstone article. And this is probably what I'm going to do is I'm going to write cornerstone articles on the school of podcasting. And then when you write something else that's similar, different keyword, but link to your original cornerstone. So you have like, like, this is my lead. This is my lead podcast gear page. This is my lead, how to grow your audience page, and then have other episodes that point to that. Mm. So, and I was like, oh, wow. I've been like, every other one is like, how to podcast is the keyword. Right. Yeah, yeah. You need a good mapping strategy. Yeah. And they that, said that, that it's structure website structure has to that because if Google goes to your website and goes, Oh wait, I'm not sure you think they're just crawling everything. And apparently there's more to it. So yeah, if you're confused by your own website, Google probably <laughs> is as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it is a good, it, it's a strategy and like, do not let the strategy own you. Like just if, if, because some people can get, paralyzed by that strategy, Dave. Yeah. And and I'd hate to see that happen. So don't let that 
don't let the cart get before the horse. Don't let the strategy paralyze and stop you from podcasting for sure. But once you are going, once you get going, there are some pretty simple things you can do to organize yourself to make sure you're doing optimally. At the end, does it really matter? No, I still think 90% of it's your content. Oh, yeah. Get, get great content. People will come. Yeah. In but fact, there's there are a, some optimizations around the edges you can do. For yeah. The, um, the part I'm taking right now is just copywriting. It's like, here's how to write and how to break up, you know, use subheadings and make it scannable and all sorts of fun stuff like that. Use quotes. I mean, there's lots of great things you can do. Just have fun with it. Yeah. You know, if it's a hobby thing, just continue to have fun. Implement little things at a time. Don't worry about it. But certainly there's things that you can do around the edges to make it better. Yeah. So, but, uh, and they say that a lot too. They're like, don't forget you're writing for people. Don't write for Google, write for people. But here are some things you can do to make Google happy. Because uh, they even point out the fact that if, you know, if I was writing a, a thing about the ATR 2100 and I said, today we're going to talk about the ATR 2100 because the ATR 2100 is my favorite microphone. And if you ask me which microphone I would choose, it'd be the ATR 20. They're like, look, that's going to annoy your readers if everything out of it is the keyword. They're like, right for people. So, right. Right but uh, well, Jim, we're at that time already. What's coming up on the average TV? Well, one Dave Jackson, the Hall of Fame podcaster <laughs> Dave Jackson, showed up at, at Home Gadget Geeks. We talked a little bit about podcasting, a lot about food, apparently, is what yeah. uh, we got into a little bit about food and some technology around food. So if you like Dave Jackson, and why wouldn't you like Dave Jackson? <laughs> this week, it's already out. The Average Guy.TV show 360. It's on the top of the page. You can listen to it this week. Yeah. And on this week's episode of the School of Podcasts, we're talking show notes. And the fact that, did you know that they look different in just about every other app? And it might be one of those things that we just, I'm amazed at how many people go, yeah, I don't look at show notes ever. So that'll be coming up on Monday. So chat room, stick around for some post show. We got some coming up right in a few seconds. 